Our first reading for today is from the 16th chapter of Numbers. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Say to the congregation, Get away from the dwelling of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Then Moses rose and went to Dathan and Abiram, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spoke to the congregation, saying, Depart, please, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest you be swept away with all their sins. So they got away from the dwelling of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And Dathan and Abiram came out and stood at the door of their tents, together with their wives, their sons, and their little ones. And Moses said, Hereby you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works, and that it has not been of my own accord. If these men die as all men do, or if they are visited by the fate of all mankind, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord creates something new, and the ground opens its mouth and swallows them up with all that belongs to them, and they go down alive into shale, then you shall know that these men have despised the Lord. And as soon as he had finished speaking all these words, the ground under them split apart, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their households and all the people who belonged to Korah and all their goods. So they and all that belonged to them went down alive into shale, and the earth closed over them, and they perished from the midst of the assembly. And all Israel who were around them fled at their cry, for they said, Lest the earth swallow us up. And fire came out from the Lord and consumed the 250 men offering the incense. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Tell Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, to take up the censers out of the blaze. Then scatter the fire far and wide, for they have become holy. As for the censers of these men who have sinned at the cost of their lives, let them be made into hammered plates as a covering for the altar, for they offered them before the Lord, and they became holy. Thus they shall be assigned to the people of Israel. So Eleazar the priest took the bronze censers, which those who were burned had offered, and they were hammered out as a covering for the altar to be a reminder to the people of Israel, so that no outsider who is not of the descendants of Aaron should draw near to burn incense before the Lord, lest he become like Korah and his company, as the Lord said to him through Moses. This is the word of the Lord. Be to God. Our second reading is from the 19th chapter of Luke. When he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? You shall say this, The Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners said to them, Why are you untying the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they sat Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, 
the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And he was teaching daily in the temple. The chief priests and the scribes and the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him, but they did not find anything they could do, for all the people were hanging on his words. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue with our recitation of the small catechism with the sacrament of holy baptism. How can water do such great things? Certainly not just water, but the word of God in and with the water does these things, along with the faith which trusts this word of God in the water. For without God's word, the water is plain water and no baptism. But with the word of God, it is a baptism, that is, a life-giving water, rich in grace and a washing of the new birth in the Holy Spirit. As St. Paul says in Titus chapter 3, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today in both of our readings, our Old Testament and New Testament, both of these readings were about many judgments. I say many judgments because the final judgment will occur when Christ returns. That's the final judgment. But at times throughout history, God will indeed do many judgments where he judges man's sin or perhaps even times punishes a a whole people. In the Old Testament, we had uh, Korah's rebellion. and We may not know much about it, but basically it's this. Korah and a group of others tried to overthrow Moses and Aaron. They tried to take control of the entire exodus of God's people. And in trying to overthrow Moses and Aaron, they were trying to overthrow God, who's the one who put Moses and Aaron in those positions. And here's what happened to them. This is what Moses wrote. 
Hereby you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works, and that it has not been of my own accord. If these men die as all men die, or if they are visited by the fate of all mankind, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord creates something new, and the ground opens its mouth and swallows them up with all that belongs to them, and they go down alive into shale, then you shall know that these men have despised the Lord. And as soon as he had finished speaking all these words, the ground under them split apart, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their households and all the people who belonged to Korah and all their goods. Truly a unique mini-judgment where literally the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them whole, them and all their goods and all the people connected to them. It's a mini-judgment, much similar to what Moses spoke about. But this wasn't the only one. In the New Testament, Jesus finally arrives after three years of ministry in the northern part of Israel. He arrives finally down in Jerusalem. And he enters into Jerusalem in that famous story we know of him sitting on a donkey. But then there's this one part where before he goes in, he sees the city and he weeps over it. It's one of those few places in the scriptures where we hear that Jesus actually cries. This is what the scriptures recorded. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you. Because you did not know the time of your visitation. Basically what Jesus means by that is that the entire city of Jerusalem will be judged one day. Because they did not know the time of their visitation. Meaning because they failed to recognize that God himself was in the flesh among them. And they fought against it. This prophecy was not fulfilled that day in Jerusalem, but it was. Less than 40 years later, in the year 70 AD, the Roman army and the Romans had finally grown very weary of the Jews and Israel and Jerusalem. And they set up a massive barricade around the entire city. For a year and a half, they were blockaded. No one came or went. No food went or came in. The people were literally starving, eating rats, reportedly. Finally, the Romans broke through, and everyone who was left in the city was killed. And as Jesus prophesied, they would not leave one stone upon another. When the Romans broke in, they wanted Jerusalem never to be rebuilt ever again, so they literally took every building apart brick by brick, starting at the top and working their way down. And they hauled the bricks away. They even did this in the temple, dismantled it brick by brick, stone by stone. They literally wanted to wipe out the entire memory 
of God's people, the Jews. So that's what they did in 70 AD. Both of these stories today were about many judgments that happen in this world. And I'm really glad they were about this. Because today we read another portion in our catechism about baptism. And baptism is described in many different ways in the scriptures. Sometimes it's described that when we are baptized, when we're washed in the water, that we are actually buried. Not we ourselves, but our old Adam, our sinful nature, that peace that we inherited from Adam himself. That piece of us, just like in Korah's rebellion, was buried deep in the ground, put to death, decaying and died. And that happened in your baptism. That's Christ's promise to you. And what has come out of that then, what comes out of the font after we've been buried, is a new person, a new you. This coming Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, where we remember that God has given us his Holy Spirit. We Lutherans don't talk about the Holy Spirit probably enough. We should. Because it's that Holy Spirit inside of us that comforts us during the hardest days of our lives. It's the Holy Spirit in us that when we hear these scriptures, we hear them, we, we read Mark and digest them, we believe them. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And that has come to you because of your baptism. So even though we, we heard about many judgments today, we also hear today about the many judgment of our Sinful nature, our old Adam, our sinful flesh. It's been put to death because of Christ and what Christ has done for you. And what's left? You. You who you were meant to be originally. You with the Holy Spirit of Christ. So that we can again, once more, believe God's word. And lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity like the catechism says. So I pray for all of us that we would remember this, that Christ has put our old Adam to death and Christ has raised us from the dead along with him to have a new life right now and life forever. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.